I'm Kristoff uh, from Dawn of Ashes, and you're listening to Rocket Night. favorite part of touring um probably just um the experience in being in different areas and kind of checking out different locations and i don't know I, I like to check out a lot of uh spooky areas so I, I check out like the abandoned locations and stuff like that when i can but it's it's kind of rough when we're kind of going from uh state by state and you know we play a show and then we have to immediately go to the next state so when we have a time i like to kind of venture off um would you ever go to the catacombs if you're in like france like paris or anything would that be a place you'd ever go to oh for sure i know uh one of uh and members of DOA already went when we went and played Poland and he kind of left and went and checked out a bunch of those areas. We kind of just stayed in Poland. Right on. What is the favorite tour that you've been a part of? Probably being on, on tour with Demu back in 2010. That was an experience. I mean, I feel like every tour kind of has its own charm, but that was a a huge deal for us. I can definitely understand that. Um, how do you feel that the musical atmosphere has changed throughout, like, let's say the past decade? It's a lot more challenging. Um, I think social media has kind of put a wall on a lot of things. I mean, it has its pros and its cons, but it's definitely affected uh, bands and artists a lot. So it's just a it's a just a completely different time, and um, you just have to figure out creative ways on how to kind of get yourself out there. Now it was a lot easier back in the day. I can agree with that. I think. Uh... Do you think that nowadays bands have a lot more competition with each other when it comes for uh, vying for uh, airtime and media play? Honestly, I don't, I guess it all depends on the artist because I feel like we're all on the same level now because I feel like it's even the, the bands that are considered like, let's say bigger than, than Dawn of Ashes are still having trouble as much as we are just because it's just it's it's rough it's a it's the industry has just become really difficult and I, i've heard like um you know super successful bands having issues now all right i can i can definitely see where you're coming coming from with that 
what do you enjoy doing during your free time? Um, I'm a hardcore gamer, so I game a lot. Um, I do a lot of reading. I'm kind of a home buddy. I kind of isolate myself and kind of be as productive as possible. I'm not really a social person. So, but I'm either just kind of relaxing and I do, I do do a lot of gaming. I am guilty of it. (laughs) I was actually going to ask what your favorite game is. If you played any man. I always play games. I mean, you're talking about in general or like lately, uh, lately, like I just picked up dying light two and, uh, horizon forbidden West yesterday. I'm playing Dying Light 2 right now, and uh, Destiny 2 is my game, so I, I, I play a, a lot of Destiny 2, and uh, I don't know if you've been keeping up, but I have this dark ambient project that just got signed, and um, everybody's been kind of calling me out that it's completely inspired by Destiny 2, which <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not going to lie, I'm guilty of it, you know? Actually, like I was playing Destiny 2 and I came up with a name and everything. That's that's actually really cool, man. Uh, I know some bands uh, have been influenced by like uh, Doom and things like that because Doom has a really heavy soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Know, and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge nerd myself. Um, I do. When I call myself a nerd because I not only game, but I read comic books and, you know, I know all the lore and you know, I'm, really uh, do it. <laughs> I'm on the same level as you. I'm like, you know, horror, sci-fi, huge fucking Star Wars nerd. And oh yeah. Um I have comics, you know, I love spawn and all that. So I get it. <laughs> um all right, well, that you brought up Spawn. Are you hoping that they create a new movie? I know there's been rumors flying around for years, but you know, some people are like, oh, it's not gonna happen, and others are like it's gonna happen. What do you think, man? I honestly don't know what to expect. I mean, the last thing that was interesting from Spawn was uh that uh anime that was on on HBO. I thought that yep. was like the coolest thing that came out of spawn but the movie the last movie it was okay and i just i don't know the the way that movies are now i just don't know if it's going to be anything that i would be like blown away by but who knows depends on who does it i guess i will definitely agree with that i uh i think that the spawn movie from i think it was like 97 definitely had a crow vibes to it I mean, if you watch yeah, it them side by side. Yeah, it was, it was decent. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm a huge Spawn uh, fan myself. I got into an argument the other day <laughs> about the origins of Nightcrawler from the X-Men and, you know, how he came to be. So I kind of dive deep into that. So that's some, that's cool. I mean, because it doesn't seem like people read a lot of comic books these days. It's mostly manga and anime. So it's cool to see that people are out there still reading actual comic books and stuff. Um, all right. So 
how do you create music? Like walk me through your creative process. Like, is there something that you have to do first, you know, or is there a certain order in which you do things or is it just kind of all over? I mean, I guess it depends on the album, but majority of the time it's kind of the same way when I, I draw, I basically just kind of draw a line and kind of see where it goes. So I don't know. I don't really feel like I ever have something in mind where I'm going to be like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to make a song and it's going to sound like this. Or if I ever do that, it ends up coming out completely different or I end up like picking it apart. Um, I just feel like I kind of create sounds and kind of see where it goes, especially on the, on the last album. I feel like the last album, it was more, the concept and the theme and kind of like what I was going through during the time that kind of brought it all to life. But a lot of, a lot of the, like my writing is like, I create sounds and then kind of branch off from that one sound or I'll create a part and see where that part goes. It's never really, I have anything kind of in place in my mind where this is, this is the way this song's going to sound. That makes sense. Okay, I like that answer. It's a pretty straightforward answer with it. Um, all right, so uh, places that you, uh, I mean, you and I have talked about this before, but you know, the interview went. So uh, <laughs> if you could stop in one country and play in one country, what would it be? Mm. I think I mentioned Japan would definitely be one just because we haven't played Japan yet. And I think uh, just kind of uh, experiencing the the culture and I just know that um, they're very into music over there. So um, especially metal, they're like hardcore about metal over there. Oh yeah. Darren Gray. Oof. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and a lot of like uh talented uh artists and musicians have come out of there so um yeah i, I think uh the experience of just playing japan would be pretty pretty awesome i agree with you on that they they do have a lot of uh metal acts that a lot of americans don't know about you know they right. have some really heavy ones um one that's fairly popular here in the states would be dirt and gray i think is one of them it's fairly yeah, popular new metal kind of band uh newer i'd say they're they're very dark though they're no no, i mean new new metal isn't like like kind of like corn and that type of new metal um i don't think i classify them as that no no Uh, they're they're definitely darker they're they're very heavy um i don't don't know it's it's unique man i don't know how to explain it just because I listen to so much music, you know, it's. I think when I, I heard him, I think it had a very mud vein sound to me. That's just me. So. Well, I mean, I can I can definitely see where that comes off, you know, but uh, you know of them, so that's that's one of the cool things. Yeah. Um, if you played in Japan, would you want to do stadiums or would you want to do like smaller like venues, like clubs, like smaller, as in like let's say machine shop or something like that not a giant stadium 
I think I mentioned this in the last interview before whatever happened to it is. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the 90s, I grew up in the like surrounded by the hardcore and punk scene. And um, I was mm-hmm. in a uh, prior to Donna Bash, I was in hardcore bands. And I uh, I like the up close and per- personal interaction with the fans and how they kind of bring energy to the band. I, I like the whole experience of like uh, everything kind of makes the event what it is. I feel like sometimes the stadium stuff is kind of like, it's cool because it's, it's big and there's a lot of people, but it's not very um, personal with, with the band and the fans. And I, I think when I perform, I, I feel, feel like if we did a stadium, I would find a way to do that somehow. So, you know, I, I kind of like the, the, the smaller venues, to be honest. I can. Okay. I, uh, I definitely feel that. So here's a question. I've noticed that every time I see you, you have a different makeup scheme or, you know, there, there's something different. So what exactly inspired you um, aesthetically for, for your image? Cause I know, you know, there's people who will take, you know, and say like, Oh, I was inspired by, you know, makeup done by Alice Cooper or, you know, Manson or Kiss or whatever. And then they just kind of meld it into their own. So. Are you talking about me personally or Donna Bashes in general? I'm talking about in, in general, man. And you, because every time I see a picture of you, you have a different makeup scheme going on. You have different eyeliner, different, you know, everything. So just kind of curious. I mean, uh, like in the earlier days of Donna Bashes, we would do like, the liquid latex and the blood and uh, the apron kind of butcher apron look. And I think I, I think hostile just came out around that time. So we were trying to do this like whole like burn effects mixed with hostile look. That was when we first started. I feel like each album for Donna Bashes has a different, everything has like a, a theme to it. So I kind of, think of all these different looks that would fit the album like for instance uh the new album that comes out we have this whole like funeral kind of look going on right now um as far as like just makeup goes because prior to being a professional musician i wanted to be a horror special effects artist so i kind of took all my knowledge from that and brought it into being a musician because all the bands that I grew up that I loved, I feel like they they always had a look to them. I feel like it kind of brought life to the music. Um, oh, example, uh, the band Behemoth. Uh, before I actually heard their music, I saw a video and I was just like, oh, man, these guys are amazing. Like, And it made me like the music even more. Same with like growing up in the '90s, liking like White Zombie and even earlier Manson and Nine Inch Nails and earlier Cradle of Filth. It's just <laughs> right, like all those bands kind of had this look. Their music videos were fucking awesome. It's like the look, the music, the music videos. It all kind of just like complemented each other other really well so i knew that's the type of band i would would want to be in and it kind of 
now the whole like aesthetic part and then the makeup, it's just kind of part of my lifestyle now. All right. I can, I can dig that. Um, is there a particular brand of makeup that you choose to use above others? I mean, this is, this is purely a question for like the fans so people can get to know you more. Depends on what type of makeup do you mean? Uh, oh. Special effects makeup or the casual everyday makeup? Man. My everyday every makeup? Yep, every day. <laughs> um, there's Urban Decay. There's Sugar Pill. I'm a model for a company called uh, Surreal Makeup. So I use their stuff. Um, I even use cheap stuff like uh, NYX, NYX, and ELF and stuff like that. But um, I think like Urban Decay and Makeup Forever because I'm vegan, so I have to I have to use the vegan makeup. So right. I used to like Mac back in the day, and then I found out that they they test all their stuff on animals, and I had to stop using it. So that's a very valid reason to stop. I mean, I would, I try and use when I decide to go out I try and use, you know, cruelty-free makeup myself. So right. I feel that, I mean, obviously I don't have any on now cause I'm not going out and doing anything. <laughs> All right. You know, cause I, I see, uh, I've, I love some of the shades that you use and stuff. And I know that I used to use brands like Huda and stuff myself, um, and whatnot. So it was just kind of a curiosity question for people just so they can kind of be like, Oh, I use that too. You know, kind of thing. So people yeah, like I mean, stuff like that. <laughs> I, I'm fine with it. I'm not going to not tell anybody what I use. I mean, there's no secret to it. <laughs> right. But you know, still some people, some people might be too shy to ask or whatever. So, and I don't, is that a question you get asked very often, man? Is uh, what makeup you use? I mean, I have, I've, I've been asked a lot of interesting questions, but yeah, I'm sure it's come up a couple of times. Um, favorite movie or movies that may be coming out or are out, I guess, whatever. Favorite movie. That came out or? Whatever. Either one, man. The most recent movie that I, I love and it's like my favorite movie right now is a movie called Antlers. It's uh, sounds it was, familiar. It was a movie I was waiting for for about three years, and then I saw it on Halloween, and it was just amazing. Um, what's his name? Who did Pan's Labyrinth? I think he was involved in it. Uh, Del Toro. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I don't want to screw um, his first name. <laughs> company called Legacy Effects did the special effects for the movie, and they're actually Stan Winston's. Um, school before he well when he passed away they became legacy effects and they're the ones that did the, the special effects for the mandalorian and book of boba and there's actually two people that we work with in our music videos that works for legacy effects so so like uh, right. some someone that works at legacy effects is doing the special effects for the next uh donna bash's music video Oh, that's awesome. So you brought up Star Wars. Um, are you excited for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series that's coming out? I am. 
Same. I'm wondering if they will bring back Darth Maul because Darth Maul is supposed to have a long-standing rivalry with Ben Kenobi. I mean, if you've read the books and kind of gotten into the lore. Anyways, you know, Maul is my favorite character, and I don't know why. Do you have a favorite Star Wars character? That's kind of evolved because it's always been Boba Fett. So, um... I'm trying to remember her name from Clone Wars, but she's the 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 Sith Lord, the bald one. She looks like a vampire. Asajj Ventress. I just I wish they would have her come out like in a you know real time. Someone did the makeup and Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. I don't want to ruin it, but it was just amazing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Ventress. Um, I kind of wish they would do more with the Sith Lords in general, kind of like a. Uh, what was it? Knights of the Old Republic. They had a lot to do with the Sith Lords and then uh, the Star Wars games as well. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, that would be really cool, especially if they went back to a. I can't remember the planet, the Sith planet where they train everybody. It's on the tip of my tongue. But yes, I think they should do more with uh, with Sith. It's kind of funny that you say Boba Fett. I think that's a. That's a long-standing favorite for a lot of fans. But it's really cool that you brought up Ventress because that's one that is not brought up very often. A lot of people these days, when they think of Clone Wars, they think of Ahsoka. Well, I love her now. I didn't really, like, I guess I've never really gotten, watched the full Clone Wars. I started watching it. So I haven't really seen her in her badass stages in that. But in Mandalorian and I did and she was just so fucking awesome that I just feel like if there was like a battle between her and those two it would be like insane like a real life thing oh yeah I think that would be uh that would be awesome I definitely agree with that um what are you wanting to see come out of the book of Boba Fett has it has it you know lived up to your expectations have you expected more less Honestly, like the last three episodes were just fucking amazing. Like in the beginning, I was like, man, he keeps getting his ass kicked. I'm like, come on, this is Boba Fett. Like, the fuck? Like, <laughs> and then all, all of a sudden, like he, that. yeah. And then all of a sudden, he just got, you know, he became Boba Fett. So I, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know what they're going to do with everything right now because, you know, I've heard that. The actor that played uh, Mando is kind of bailing out. So I don't know. That uh, that could definitely put a damper on things. Um, okay, so are you a are you a purist when it comes to the original six, or do you enjoy the newer ones that they made? Because I'm not a fan of like the whole Kylo Ren saga thing. You know, just uh, I mean, I I enjoy them my favorite one out of all the new ones is going to be rogue one and i feel like it's one of the it's such a good star wars movie i i it's like that one kind of just stands out of all those like it made no sense i'm like this one is just kind of it kind of has like the the vibe of the originals Mm -hmm. so it's always going to be the originals you know like empire strikes back is always going to be like my all-time favorite one Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, uh, 
I'm a fan of the original trilogy, and then uh, I like episode one for the use for them having Qui-Gon and having Maul. Um, I think that that was, you know, the casting of that was phenomenal. And then, I used to hate those ones, and then I, I watched them. This is when I was just like so anti-CGI, like back in the day. And then I watched them, and I'm like, they're not bad. They're not definitely not good like the originals but right. they had their moments there was just certain things i was just like <laughs> you know so jar jar yes <laughs> i think everyone just hates jar i i just don't understand the gungans in general i think that that was just it was unnecessary and not needed at all yeah. but i mean they had to get through to the kids somehow right you know, marketing, that's, that's all it was, was marketing. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, are you happy that they are using um, uh, Ewan McGregor as Kenobi, that he's reprising his role? Yeah, that I am. I, I'm pretty stoked about that. Same. Okay. Um, I know you've been talking about your new album a lot recently, but I do have to go over that for those who didn't see well obviously didn't see the last one so um uh you went to some dark places in this new album man like it was super heavy you know like emotionally heavy um did that take a lot of uh, take a lot out of you to write yeah i made a statement um i don't remember what it was that this is the last dawn of ashes album i'm writing for a long time because it this album just kind of took a toll on me um took me about two years to to write this album and i remember just kind of slipping into this place that it was just really bad and um i was going through a lot of therapy and you know every topic in each song is like legit stuff that i've been through or stuff that i've been i've done to other people so yeah, it was it was definitely uh, probably the the most emotionally draining album. I think that was the hardest part about writing this album. It wasn't exactly writing the music; it was just kind of digging into a place I didn't want to really go into. And but at the time, I felt like I need like music has always been my my therapy. So I felt like it was the I was in a spot where I I had to write this album. And I felt like it would it would help others who kind of been in that place because um, you know me growing up in my youth, I looked up to certain bands. I know there's fans out there that look up to me, and I'm you know hopefully the content of this album, the lyrical content, you know, will resonate with some of the fans and it'll help them out i definitely think it's going to i truly believe that it's going to it's uh it's a very relatable album there is very relatable content within the album so i think it's going to help people immensely and i'm excited for its its worldwide release for people um you know that's coming from me and from you know some of the darker places i've been so i can definitely you know i feel it you know, it, it resonates. So 
it's like yeah. I've done a lot of self-work over the years and have, have a lot of discipline, but you know, there's still stuff that's still lingers there. So it was definitely, uh, definitely inspirational for, for the writing of this album. So yeah, I, I feel like it is the darkest album I've written. I feel like it's definitely the, I don't know. So we're doing another interview next Saturday where I'm going to have all the fans listen to the album and then I'm going to interview them and ask them what kind of, what did it do for them? Because I like that. for me, it's like when I hear certain songs, it kind of like, it's just like, it's like a, a knife in the heart. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, I'm, that's actually a really good idea, you know, to get the feedback from the fans. You know, that's that's an interesting way to do things. And I think that that helps bring the fans closer to you. I think it makes them feel more involved, which I think right. is really cool. That's that's really cool of you to do, man. Legit. Um thought it was needed. Yeah, I I think I think it's nice to hear just how you've helped people, you know, and and, and it's cool for them to be able to tell you. Because, you know, a lot of people, you know, before social media was really a thing, you know, there'd be people would sit back and listen to music and they'd be like, man, I wish I could tell them how much this you know, helped me, blah, blah, blah. I, good example. Um, Stan by Eminem, you know, like that, you know, dudes writing all these letters to him, you know, but because it's going through the mail, it's not through social media. You know, he doesn't get them forever, yada, yada, yada. You probably know that whole story, song, whatever. But, you know, that now that you can do that, that's really cool. I think it's going to help a lot of people. So, good idea. Yeah, I man. think that's one of the, the pros of social media. I mean, it's a, there's pros and cons, but, I mean, the way you can be accessible to each other and a, a fan can write to me and say, you know, how much my music has done something to help them through life is it's you know it's cool yeah i i definitely agree with that i i do believe that that is one of the great things of social media these days um which brings, brings me to another thing um how has your battle been going with social media because i know they've been flagging you for a lot of things which i think is ridiculous because everything you do has been done tastefully albeit you know maybe not to everyone's artistic sensibilities but it's still artistic and yet you've been getting flagged for many many things how is that how are you doing with that i kind of provoke it you know i've always been kind of like the type that wants to create some sort of reaction so i kind of like to provoke you like Facebook and Instagram. Well, I, I fucking I hate Facebook and Instagram. So it's just like, I, you know, I knew it would have some sort of the stuff I've been posting. I knew it would have some sort of like like reaction and piss people off. And you know, I kind of get off on that sort of thing. So, um, and it's like 
social media has gone to shit lately and it's just it's like you you post things and no one sees it so it's like might as well post something to fucking you know have some sort of reaction to someone because unless you're like fucking showing your ass or you're uh, you know then you're yeah. not getting anything so. That really is what it's 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 become yeah it's almost if it's not pornographic then no one really gives a shit. But then when I post something semi-pornographic, it gets banned. Right, right. I've noticed that. I'm like, but his is art. And this is spot and trash and garbage. I, I don't get okay. Maybe it's not garbage to the person who posted it, but a lot of people just I don't know. I <laughs> I guess I could just say that is. society is it, it's going to hell in a handbasket. So you know what the hell can I say? I just take photos and talk to people. That's all I do. Woo! And read comic books. You know, um, that's a thing. Uh, do you have a favorite Marvel character? So I was never really in. Uh, into, I mean, maybe I was when I was a kid into marvel and all of that um i definitely i'm not a fan of the movies and stuff like that but i'm more into like batman i think batman would be okay yeah so he would be your favorite uh hero well vigilante more in light well him and spawn and there was another comic back in the, in the 90s i don't remember it's called grendel yep i remember grendel yeah. Not a lot of people remember that comic, but it was like so violent and it was awesome. I'm a I'm not a big like uh Marvel DC guy. I mean I, I like the DC because of the McFarlane DC uh run that he has with the figures, but I'm more of an image comic guy. Image and chaos. Chaos is Lady Death and you know evil Ernie. I think I've always been more into to dark horse comics. Okay. You know, yeah, Alien vs. Predator and Alien, Grendel, and I'm trying to remember what else came out of that. It's been uh, I haven't like collected comics in a long ass time, but I mean <laughs> I, ha- I I do have them. I just yeah. Uh, dark horse has dabbled into manga now, like Wolf and Cub which is another really, really brutal series, which I think Dark Horse is kind of known for their brutal series. Um, shit, who did Hellboy? Was that, was that Dark Horse? I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. But yeah, okay. So you're, you're back in the golden age of, of comics, the 90s. Honestly, I think, I think I'm in the... the I think I'm in the golden age with everything i am i am definitely not in this age i think the 90s were the best man i don't get anything now so i just i i listen to music from the 80s and 90s i watch movies from the 80s and 90s i don't know well the 90s were so Everything was just so free. Everyone was pushing the boundaries. The cartoons were pushing the boundaries. Books were pushing the boundaries. Clothing was pushing the boundaries. Everything was going against the grain in the 80s and 90s. You know, and now everything has become so PC. You, 
you can barely open your mouth without somebody getting pissed off with you for one thing or another. You know? Yeah. I, I think I remember the 90s. One of the things I remember the most was uh, from wrestling. The, when everyone was walking around doing the hip thrust, telling everyone to suck it. You know, you can't do that these days. Oh, man. You know, I, so I, much it's, shit. <laughs> it's funny. I've been watching. I've been watching Seinfeld for the past, like binge watching it. And I'm like. How, like if this came out now it would like totally be like banned some of the stuff they they talk about on that show it's just like wow i actually just restarted that last night on netflix <laughs> yeah so yeah kind the, of binge watching that yeah um i don't know i guess the 90s people just had thicker skin you know, we actually go outside and play and wrestle around and now everyone's inside, you know, all the time behind a computer or something, which I mean, don't get... oh, fuck. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. That I have so many issues with TikTok, man. So many issues with TikTok. That's just one platform that's just poisoning people. Yeah. What are your I thoughts agree. on TikTok? <laughs> yeah, I have one, but I barely post anything. And majority of the stuff I post is like me doing stuff with my uh, Eurorack modules. Uh, once in a while, I'll post something fucking stupid. But I mean, I don't get it. I mean, whatever, whatever makes people feel good about themselves i just i don't understand it i think that's yeah that's that's me too i just i don't understand a whole lot of social media these days i don't understand a whole lot these days you're right i'm, I'm stuck in the 90s man i'm stuck in the 90s whatever yeah. um shit i feel like i'm wasting your time again now <laughs> oh, it's, like... it's okay don't worry about it um so tell us about this new project that you're working on, man. Uh, it's called Void Stasis. Um, we're releasing, I'm working with uh, two other people. It's a collaboration project. Uh, we're releasing our first album on a label called Cryo Chamber in May. Ooh, all right. So, um, yeah, I've been working on that I, immediately after the Donna Bash album, I jumped on that and kind of been focused on I'm doing that because I got heavily into your rack modules so um, yeah it's just it's dark ambient music it's definitely a different sort of vibe than the Donna Bash stuff I was actually going to ask that is it going to be as heavy and uh, dark like you know agro tech-ish as out of ashes but what you just said it will not be yeah, not at all it's completely it's it's just moody and vibey it's, um, atmospheric type music it's not i don't know if you're familiar with dark ambient but mm-hmm. if you have, if you listen to any of it it's you you know what i'm talking about yep i'm big into into synth music of of all sorts you know dark wave and and all that you know so uh there was a point in time where i was into uh hard style and that kind of 
stuff. <laughs> so um, I get around, I guess I could say I get around. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear your new project, man. You said it drops in May. So that's going to be cool. Um, yeah. Are you hoping that a lot of the fans from Dawn of Ashes comes over and listens to that as well? Because I know there are some people who just like, eh, I don't want to, you know. I mean, I'm sure there will or will gain fans from that side to Dawn of Ashes or I'm sure they will, you know. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, all right. Uh, are you planning, because we spoke about before, you said that you were getting ready to do like a cross-country tour. Um, when are you planning on having that kickoff, man? Um, in June, we're playing Wave Gothentreffen. So the, the big German festival, that's in June. So we're doing that. Um, we're possibly doing a couple of dates around that in Europe. And then in July, we do a whole North American tour. So that's so right on the schedule. We, we start filming Dawn of Ashes music video on March 6th. And then the album comes out March 18th. So and then stuff around that time. So you're looking to have a pretty busy year for Dawn of Ashes. Hoping. I I feel that, man. I mean, the last couple of years have been kind of fucked with uh, COVID and shutdowns and restrictions. And how has that affected Dawn of Ashes, man? I mean, obviously affected touring. Uh, we were supposed to go on a tour and then it, that happened and we had to cancel the tour. Um, I mean, we re- we released an album before this one. We didn't get to tour mm-hmm. for that album. We just so going on tour, we're, we're pretty much performing for two albums besides one because we never got to play for the the Antinomian. Um, but honestly, I, like I said, I'm not, for me, I'm I'm not speaking for the rest of the band, but for me, I'm a very like home buddy person, so it didn't really affect me that much. Like, you know, I was hearing people were like really depressed that they had to be at home and stuff like that. And I was just I'm like, I'm enjoying this. I don't have to be around anybody. I get to play video games all day, man. I get to level up in destiny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey man, I feel that I, uh, I played the first destiny. I played a little of the second destiny, but then it just seemed to it seemed to get a little repetitive to me, but maybe that's just because I haven't really played any of the newer DLC or anything like that. So I think that could definitely have something to do with it. Um, what are your thoughts on Sony acquiring Bungie, man? Um, I think it's actually a good thing. Because they're going to actually, I think they're going to make like a Destiny show or a movie or something like that. And I think it'll be a good thing. I think I can agree with that. Because I know, uh, I want to say Sony did that in retaliation to Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard. Yeah, I I don't don't think it's really going to affect anything on the Microsoft world. So is there a game that you're looking forward to coming out? Because you said you're a massive gamer. So... 
there's a bunch. I mean, uh, I was looking forward to Elden Rings actually, but then I got sucked into Ark. I was playing Ark for a while. And I'm looking forward to the new Bethesda game. I think it's a Starfield or some shit like that. It's kind of like a space Skyrim type game. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's another game and I, ca- I forgot the name, but Shoot. last question before we end this, what is your preferred console to game on? On PC. Same, same. I'm uh, using my ROG laptop right now, so. Yeah, I have a Alienware, so I'm a PC guy. It used to be Xbox, and now I'm all about PC gaming. I did well. PC is a lot better. You can do a lot more modding. Like, uh, you know, Cyberpunk runs a lot better on PC than it does any console. You know, things like that. So, thanks, man. You have a wonderful night, dude. You're listening to Rock at Night. The introductory song, Get On Down, is from blues artist Billy, Billy Bass Alford. Look for his music at ReverbNation.com.